Just, let's read, I'm going to read this for us. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 20. Just as one body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ, for we're all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free. And we're all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? And as, as it is, there are many parts, but one body, physically and spiritually. You know, in, in business and organizations over the last number of years, Gallup, that polling group, introduced an assessment tool, a book, and and with uh, Clif Mr. Clifton, something called Strength Finders or Clifton Strengths these days. The whole idea is to identify strengths and abilities, what you're good at, so you can use them in the business or company or organizational setting that you're in. If you have a strength, if you have some talent, use it in an area for the betterment of the whole, which sounds reasonable, doesn't it? such as achiever, communication developer, empathy, learner, responsibility, or like. I think there's 34 different sections in it. And to know your strengths, to use your strengths and to grow in them versus knowing your weaknesses, which is helpful, but developing your weaknesses is limited in what you can do while developing your strengths will allow you and the organization to go farther. For an example... I have no musical ability, okay? Some of you are really good. Naomi's good. She plays the keyboard in that, and others of, of you are good at that. Not me. If I were to play the piano, even if I practiced eight hours a day, five days a week, I'd be no better than this guy. <laughs> you know, it just, I don't have a skill in that area. I don't have talent. But for those who, who have talents, they put effort into it, and it sounds beautiful. The idea of using your strengths, not trying to get your weaknesses up to just barely acceptable, but use your strengths, your abilities, and what God has given you for something good. For everyone has strengths. Everyone has abilities. And in the scripture, they're often called spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are our strengths filled by the Spirit and enabled by Him, as well as sometimes special gifts that are given to us by the Spirit, all for the building up of the one body, the church of Jesus Christ, that God gives us so that we at Bethel can use what we have for His glory and for the building up of His church. The strengths enabled by God for the benefit of the whole. It's not just for the individual, but for all of us together. And all of us have them. Some are up front and more obvious. Others are behind the scenes and less obvious. But you have gifts, you have abilities, and they're beneficial to the whole. Everyone has something. Not a single person's excluded from this truth in the church. You have strengths to use in the church. You are gifted, okay? You are gifted. Yes, you are. Whatever your gifts are, you're gifted. And you are important in the body of Christ in the church here at Bethel. You're an important part of the larger whole. And I want this to sink in. Because sometimes people say, well, I don't have anything to offer. 
I don't have anything to give. I'm really limited, so you know, I'm, I'm not going to get involved. No, you have something, a value of significance, where you have strength, you have ability, and God wants you to use that as part of the whole. For you are important. You are gifted and you are important in the church of Jesus Christ. So think of that and put that deeply in your mind. You are important. Yes, you are to the body of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is teaching us here in the 12th chapter of the first letter to the church in Corinthians. That we have these gifts, we have these abilities, and they make us one, just as the body of Christ is one. Well, let's look at a couple things in this. Our oneness, our oneness. We're one together. For that's what Paul says. He uses the analogy of the human body to make his case for the unity that comes from a group of people, a church that comes together using their gifts, their strengths, their abilities for the greater whole. Paul's introduced spiritual gifts in the first part of the chapter. In these verses, he builds it to say, this is how we are as the one body of Jesus Christ. Many parts, but one body. Just as one body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. The body is not made up of one part, but many. The body of Christ is not just one gift. You know, sometimes people think, well, that pastor, because he speaks, that's the church. No, that's one part, one part of the body. But every part together makes up the whole of the body. We are one together. How many body parts do we have? You know, I don't know exactly, but someone said, they said there's over 200 different bones. There's 78 organs in our body, so 300 or more body parts we have as the human body. We can list some of them. However many we have, with fingers, hands, ribs, arms, veins, skin, hairs, toes, elbows, muscles, ligaments, eyes, and so it goes. We have many parts. But we don't say, hey, how are you doing, hand, feet, eyes, toes? And we say, how are you doing? The whole, the one together, the one body. All these are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines. As we have one body, so we are one body in Christ, having gifts that we are to use for the spirit's work. There's a unity, a oneness in our diversity. You know, as hands and feet and, and livers and eyes are different, but they work together to comprise the one body, joined together for the one purpose. So it is as the people of God. Many parts, many gifts, but one body. For we are baptized into one body. We have all received the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit within us, to teach us and point us to Christ. We have a unity within the diversity of our gifts and abilities the oneness to the body of Christ. You know, when you see someone, we see their eyes, their hands, their feet, but that's not the whole, that's just part. You know, if we just saw that alone, there would be something lacking. How much better is this? Isn't that great? You see that? You see the kids, and we talked about that. There's a beauty for that whole all together. We see that, ah, oh, we laugh, we, we smile. It's beautiful because there's a unity of all the parts together. The whole body's not just an eye or a hand or a foot, as Paul says. The eye needs a body to be part of. The ear needs a body. The arm needs a body. The heart needs a body. The toes, all parts need a body, a whole, to do their part. And that's the analogy that Paul is working on for us as God's people. 
We need the, those who work behind the scenes. We need those up front. We need the worship leaders. We need the technology people. We need the ones who work in the office. We need the ones who look after and care for people. And so forth it goes. All of that is needed for the body, the whole of the body of Christ, the church here at Bethel and every church to serve God as God intends it to be. God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Both the physical body, but also the spiritual body, the church. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. One body. There's a oneness, a unity for us in the body of Christ. And God designed his body, this body, what? To be oneness and to be together. Maybe an example and how it all fits together. In Thanksgiving, we, we love Thanksgiving. Most of us have a tendency to maybe eat a little more on Thanksgiving than other days. At least I do. You know, you have your Thanksgiving meal and you have a big first plate time through and then your stomach goes, well, that's enough, but your brain says, it's Thanksgiving. I got to go back for seconds. And so you go back for seconds. Well, when you go back for seconds, the stomach doesn't say, that's it, I'm out. I quit. I'm leaving the body. No, it goes along. It doesn't necessarily agree, but it goes along. We're still one body, right? Well, this is the example of the oneness in the church. We're not always going to see eye to eye on every issue, on everything. Now, we're, there's a unity in the essentials of who Christ is, of the holy scriptures that God's given to us. But there's going to be a different perspective, a different viewpoint, diversity in many things. Well, when we circle around Christ and build on that foundation, that diversity, we can be different and still be one. We still work together, agreeing to disagree on the secondary issues. The church is to work in that fashion as the body of Christ. That's the oneness we have in Christ. You are part of this whole, together, each one of you here at Bethel Covenant Church. We're one body made together of many parts. So we have a oneness. There's a unity to who we are. And in that, we have value. You and I, each one of us has value. Every part of the human body is valuable. Who says, nah, kidney, I don't need a kidney. Who needs ears? I don't need my foot. No, every part of it is valuable. And often those parts that are weakest or sometimes most you know, hidden are most crucial, aren't they? Verse 25 and 26 so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices in it. If you have a pain someplace in your body, does it affect all of your body? It does, doesn't it? If you sprain your ankle, you're, you can't walk normally. It affects everything. Or how about something simple if you get an eyelash in your eye? Do you spend all your time trying to get that out? It affects your whole body. You don't go walk around like this and normally you do whatever you can to get it out. Just one simple little thing. It affects the whole. That's what Paul's saying as the body of Christ, as God's people. If there's pain, if there's hurt, if there's trouble, one place we rally around, we help. We're all concerned because it's part of the body, who we are as God's people together. For one part hurts, the whole hurts. Our we're important. Every part's important, and so we're concerned about each part. The mouth can't be bad-mouthing the feet, dismissing them as ugly, and secondary to my central position as the mouth, because without the feet, how's the mouth going to get around to do its gabbing with others? 
there should be no division in the body. Each part has value. Every part is important in the body of Christ. Verse 25, so there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. And as the physical body is affected by each one, so we as a spiritual body of Christ, we are to be concerned for each one. We have care, compassion, and value for each one, whether they're up front or behind the scenes, whatever place they take, so that we are concerned about each other as the body of Christ. This is true for us. There's no place in the body for thoughts of, well, you are just so much, so we don't care about that. No, we care about each and every one. For each gift is of equal concern. Each has a place in the body to respect it and valued for their contribution to the whole. That's why it's important that we use our gifts and we're involved. According to the scriptures, God's word teaches us that if one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part should be honored. Verse 26. So that we celebrate the victories of our brothers and sisters in Christ as we come alongside and encourage those who are struggling and suffering as well. That's part of this uniqueness of the body of Christ. To be part of this community, this group of people where everyone is valued and cared for. It includes you and your gifts and your abilities. We're all the body together. And if you think that, well, I just had this one little part, it doesn't matter. It's extremely important. This is a picture of the I-35 bridge in, in Minneapolis. In August 1st, in 2007, I was just not even a mile away from this bridge when a terrible thing happened where the bridge collapsed. That whole bridge collapsed and 13 people died, 140, 50 people were injured. And why? All because one little part, that gusset plate, that little gusset plate, like this, they designed it too thin, and it didn't have the strength, and as it, over time, kind of decayed, it ripped, and that brought the entire bridge down. That one little part, you had thousands of parts of the bridge, but one part failed, and the whole bridge went down. Do you think that one part was an important part of the bridge? That's a great analogy for us as God's people. All of us are important to the church of Christ. Nobody says, no, my gift doesn't matter. Your gifts are important, mine's not. No, every gift is important. Everything you bring, whether you're young, middle-aged, or old, whether you've got great abilities or behind-the-scenes abilities, everyone brings something of importance. You have great value in the body of Christ. Your gift is important. It's of concern to God, and it's needed for the body of Jesus Christ. You are valuable. In the oneness, you're valuable. Well, thirdly, we can say that it's our gifts. We have a oneness, we have value, but then we have that gift, that giftedness of God that he gives us. For you are the body of Christ in each one of you. Verse 27, each one of you is a part of it. You are the body of Christ. You, all of us together, make up the body. And we are a valuable, important part of it. And we have been given gifts. And Paul's reiterating this point, this important point, so that we don't miss it. So we realize that we are an crucial, essential part of God's by each one of us. Whether you're young or old, rich or poor, extremely talented or not, for God has given gifts to the church for the blessing and the benefit of the church. Some of the gifts are abilities and strength which the Holy Spirit then uses and enriches for the sake of the church. Sometimes he can give special gifts 
for the using, for the building up the church. But whatever he does, however the Holy Spirit does it according to his sovereign plan, each one of us has a gift and is part of it. For example, if you want to do that crossword puzzle, and it's a 500-piece crossword puzzle, and you got $4.99, you don't solve it without that 500 piece, right? You have to get that one piece. Otherwise, you go, oh, it's just not right. It's not whole. We need that last piece to make it whole. That's the church of Jesus Christ. We need it all to be together. And in this section, as we consider, as we're saying, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We have a listing here of some spiritual gifts, as Paul goes on, talking about how God uses these to build the church. And this is one of four or five sections in the scriptures that mention specifically spiritual gifts. There's more than two dozen specifically called out by some accounts, and these lists are are to be seen as suggestive rather than exhaustive. Not every spiritual gift is called out because many of them fall under serving and helps and that type of thing, and there can be many that fall under this. For example, the ability to to make music and lead in worship. That's never specifically called out as a, as a spiritual gift in the scripture, but yet, wouldn't we agree that this is a gift for the church? For Will and for John and for Becky and for Marn and, and, and uh, Amanda to, to have these gifts and to lead us in worship? That's important. These are gifts. So that helps us understand. How about technology? You know, doesn't Paul never says, well, those who have technological gifts. Well, you know, they didn't have technology in the same sense we did back then. But that doesn't mean that as society develops and we learn these things, that God doesn't gift people. Think about it. Where would we be without Patrick? You know, we'd be in trouble. So thank you, Patrick. So to use these different gifts. And here we have, for many reasons, there's categories such as administration, serving, that encompass many. So what I'm trying to say, there's many gifts. Some are listed specifically, some are just grouped together. But we have many gifts, all for the benefit and blessing of the church. And in verses 28 and 29, here Paul lays out the specific gifts for the building up of the church, such as apostles, apostles, those eyewitnesses that started the church movement here. Prophets, teachers, workers of miracles, healing, those who are able to help others guidance, administrative gifts, tongues, and so forth. Talking about these gifts that help the church, build up the church. The important thing is all these gifts are useful for building up the church, the people of God together, so that we can grow in Christ, we can live for him, and together help each other and reach out with the good news of Jesus Christ. How important it is to do all that. Spiritual gifts, which are many, mercy, prophecy, pastor, serving, teaching, administration, and you see many of them that fit under those sort of things. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Let that just sink into your mind. We are the body of Christ, and each one of you, each one of you is an important part of it. That's important for us to know, to understand, to realize, and to live it out. You have an important part in the body of Christ. You have a gift. Do you know your gifts, your abilities? Not merely a talent, but something that can be useful for the church. 
When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, putting your faith in him, the Lord takes your gifts and shapes them. The Lord may give you something. For the Lord has given us the greatest gift of grace, salvation through our faith in Christ. And then he gives us these gifts or enhances our abilities so that they become spiritually useful for the church in Jesus Christ, repurposing them for his glory. Each gift is important and valid. Can you imagine a church that just had teachers? Teaching's an important part of the church, but just think if you had a church that just had teachers. Oh, there'd never be any treats. <laughs> Who would help in the nursery? How would things get done administratively? We need all the aspects and all parts of the body of Christ for the church to be useful. You have a crucial part to play in the church. You are important. God gave you gifts, abilities, areas in your life. Use them. There's no place in the church for hoarding or hiding your gifts. It's for all of us to use them. I remember reading an article a number of years ago about a, a man who had an IQ of 176. He was brilliant. One of the top IQs in the whole United States. And he, rather than use that, worked in a kind of a behind-the-scenes, non-thinking job. And they asked him, why, with all the abilities, the smarts, the talents you have, why are you doing it? I don't want anyone to take advantage of me or use my gifts for their purposes. You go, God gave you this gift, and you're hiding it. You're hoarding it for yourself. You're not using it. That's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to use our gifts, whether big or small, up front or behind the scenes, whatever they are. He wants us to use them for his church, for your blessing and the blessing of the people of Christ. Because we're the body of Christ together. And each one of you is an important part of it. You have a crucial part in the body of Christ. On the coins, the United States coins, e pluribus unum, out of many, one. Out of the many different states, we have one nation. Out of the many gifts we have, we are one church, one body together, the body of Jesus Christ. It's so crucial for us to know that. We have received the gift of grace when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. He saves us and redeems us by his grace. So you have a gift. You have gifts. You are important. So what do we do? Use your gift. Use your gift. Use what God's given you in the body of Christ. Don't neglect your gifts. Don't downplay your gifts. Don't hoard your gifts. Use your gifts. Use what you have in the body of Christ. And God will be glorified. And your brothers and sisters in Christ will be blessed. Use your gifts because you are an important part of the body of Christ. Praise be to his name. Amen. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for this word that Paul gives us. Using that human body as analogy for the body of Christ, the church that we're part of. Thank you for this group here at Bethel and the gifts that you have given the church. Lord, encourage us to never downplay what you've given us, but to be ones who offer it open-handed to you so that, Lord, we would know that we're important to you. We're a crucial part of the body and that we should use our gifts for your glory. Lord, to bless others and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So, Father, by your Spirit, Lord, tickle our hearts, stir our souls so that we would be 
Lord, fully in to serving you with what you've gifted us to do. We pray in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.